0: Amen. I want you to turn, if you would please. You should, by habit, know how to get there now. The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. I have endeavored for the last four weeks to bring you messages from this section of God's Word on the subject of faith. 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 That is a very important term. Faith. Without it you cannot be saved. You cannot be saved without faith. Now in Hebrews chapter number 11. Let's look if you would please. To verse 8 and following. By faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, what did he do? He obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city... "...which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore spring there even of one, and him as good as dead." So many as the stars in the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac... He that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. I want to speak this morning on the willingness of faith. The willingness of faith... And it is exemplified by Abraham. Abraham. Definition of faith. Faith is believing what God says and acting like it. And I've stressed this week after week after week. Faith is believing what God says. Here it is. Faith is believing what God says. If you have a question mark and a doubt on anything in this book... It's impossible for you to have faith. You cannot, you cannot have faith without it involving the content of this book, the Word of God, the Bible. And so uh, faith is believing what God says and not just believing what he says, but acting like it. It will affect you. You can take your finger, if it were possible, and stick it into an electrical light bulb or a plug in the wall. And I promise you, my dear friend, you will have a response to it. You cannot say, I have seen the light, unless you're demonstrating that light. And you cannot say, I'm a real believer in fire, if you have not tasted of that fire. Heavenly fire, I'm talking about faith is a very important thing. Now, in verse number 4, we've covered this, but if you'll notice in verse number 4, we studied faith presents a worship of faith. Abel presents a worship of faith. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He presents a worship of faith by offering a bloody sacrifice. Cain's offering had no blood attached to it, but without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. And so Abel's worship of God was by faith. He did it like his daddy Adam taught him how to do it, by coming before the Lord with an animal sacrifice, a worship of faith. Verse number 5, Enoch presents a walk of faith. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not seek death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch presents a walk of faith. He walked for 300 years with the Lord. 300 years with the Lord. And then in verse number 7, Noah presents a work of faith. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. He was moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah presents a work of faith by building an ark. Every one of these men did something about it when they exercised faith in what God had said. Again, verse number six faith is not optional. It is not saying, well, I don't choose to accept that particular scripture or that particular mandate you're talking about. No, faith is not optional. It is absolutely imperative in pleasing God. In verse number 6, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So we must believe that He is... That's believing what he says, and we also must be a doer of what he says. We must act like it, and those who diligently seek him. In this present study this morning will be our last one on this series of faith set forth in Hebrews chapter 11. I want us to look at the example of faith as is seen in Abraham. How many verses are given to Abel? One. By faith, Abel. Verse 4. How many verses are given to Enoch? One. That's verse number 5. By faith, Enoch. How many verses are given to Noah? Only one. By faith, Noah. But when you get to Abraham, it expands. Many verses are expanded. Speaking of Abraham. As a matter of fact more is said about Abraham in the 11th of Hebrews. Than is said about anybody else mentioned there. So I want us to look at this man Abraham. Now I want to also read to you from Romans chapter five, 4 verses 1 through 5. This gives us a New Testament example amplification of this what shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found for if Abraham were justified by works he hath whereof to glory but not before God for what saith the scripture Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness Now to him that worketh is a reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. In that same fourth of Romans, verse 19, it picks up about Abraham. He being not weak in faith. Abraham wasn't weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, his wife. He staggered not, underscore that, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that he that had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. So I want us to look at this man Abraham today. Here we have it Abraham believed the promise of God and he staggered not he didn't slow down he didn't back away from it he believed the promises of God and he acted like it. Faith is believing what God says and acting like it where there is no action there is no faith that's so where there is no action, there is no faith. Got a lot of dead Baptists walking around today. Dead as a hammer. Now they are pretty well versed on saying, Oh, I believe in God. I mean, yeah. And, and some will even bring him down a little bit closer. I believe in the man upstairs. I just want you to know that. And they never do one single thing for the Lord. Faith without action is dead. So just as Abel presents a worship of faith, and Enoch presents a walk of faith, Noah presents a work of faith, building the ark, Abraham presents a willingness of faith. And the thing I want to share in this message is there are three particular areas that were a real challenge to Abraham. Number one, he had to leave home. Number two, he had to father a son. And number three, he had to sacrifice that son, Isaac. Now let's look at that. Leaving home. You find that in verse number eight, back in Hebrews. Where the scripture says, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, which he should after receive for an inheritance, He obeyed. And what did he do? He went out. God told him to leave home and he left. No excuses. He went out not knowing whither he went. Now, you're just almost going to have to follow along with the counter references here. They're in the book of Genesis and that speaks of the actual actions of Abraham. Genesis chapter number 12 verse number 1. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Please notice it's talking about something that had happened already. The Lord had said. Now, if you want to get it back into the present, what did the Lord say? You have to back up into chapter number 11. And look at verse number 31. Terah, who was the father of Abraham, Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth from them under Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And all the days of Terah were two hundred and five years. And Terah died in Haran. I don't know if you noticed it or not. With the reading just then. That God said Abram I want you to go. He wanted him to leave his kinfolk. Because all of his kinfolk were unbelievers. They worshipped other gods. And God is calling out Abraham for a particular purpose and he must leave his family behind. But what does the scripture say? Got ready to leave and his daddy said, okay, son, I'm taking charge. I'm head of the house now. This is what you do. You get your wife and you get your servants and don't forget Lot. Take him along. Take this one take take that one. Take the other one. Uh, They got started off wrong. The Lord had said unto Abram, Abram, you get out of the country from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Abraham left. He left under the supervision and leadership of his father, Terah, who was an unsaved man. And they got as far as a place called Haran, and Terah said, this is where we're going to stop. And Abraham had to stop. He was 500 miles short of Canaan. 500 miles short. Because he took some company along that God did not want him to take. He wanted him to leave his unsaved relatives behind. But he took them with him. You know, Acts chapter 7, 1 through 5. Keep the Genesis there. Please, keep the Genesis there. Just let me read it for you. Acts chapter 7 amplifies this even more. Stephen is preaching to some men. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, Men, brethren, fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. That, ladies and gentlemen, is another name for Babylon. One of the most godless places on the face of this earth. Before he dwelt in Sharan, that's the Greek spelling of it, but it's Haran. That's where Terah told Abraham, we're going to stop traveling now. And said unto him, get thee out of thy country, from your kindred. Come into the land and I will show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Sharon or Haran. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein you now dwell, and gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as set his foot on, yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession, and to his seed after him, when he as of yet had no child. You think about the obstacles for Abraham when God said, leave home, leave home. Now, we've got a generation of kids today, they think that's really, that, that, that's, from, that, that's hot stuff. Man, yeah, I'm going to leave home. Where are you going to go? Who's going to take your dirty diapers? Who's going to clean up after you dirty thing? Oh, I, I'm just going to, no, leaving home gets more serious the older you get. As a matter of fact, if you've had the misfortune or fortune, however you look at it, of leaving home and moving to a lot of places, after a while you get tired of moving. You just want to stay planted where you are. Abraham was 70 years old. This is an odd time, isn't it, to be starting out on a new life? Would his health be a problem? He probably thought about that. If he died, where would he be buried? How could he support himself? He'd have to leave the land of his birth. He was going to a place he knew nothing about. That's important. You're going to strike out. It's a good idea to know where you're going. Abraham was called on by God to strike out and wouldn't tell him where he was going. That's faith. That's faith. He would be leaving behind all of his relatives, he thought, and his friends. He would be separating himself from his religion. In Joshua 24, 2 and 3, it says that these people served other gods. And Abraham was an idol worshiper himself before the Lord saved him. He would be going on sealed orders. He would not know where he was going until he got there. The Lord said, I tell you, when you get there, I'll tell you, That's the place I wanted you to be. And he was having to trade a certain present for an uncertain future. Yet he abode and obeyed rather and he went out. He was willing to accept this call by faith. Believing in what God says and acting like it. Abraham sojourned dwelling in tabernacles. Dwelling in tents. It took a long time to make this trip. He became a pilgrim patiently waiting on God to arrive at his final destination. And he never stopped in Canaan. He passed down through Canaan and wound up in Egypt. And he never possessed the land of Canaan. Abraham never possessed the land of Canaan. He will one day, but he has not yet possessed that land. He came, his, those who came after him, they possessed the land. Joshua led them into the promised land. This was Abraham's time, a long time before that. He never possessed the land that God was leading him to. He had to have faith that God would do it. And it was certainly a time of challenging his faith Could he believe God would do this? How could it be brought about? How could it come to pass? The second thing that challenged his faith was not only leaving home, but fathering a son. Fathering a son. In Hebrews chapter number 11, verses 11 and 12. Hebrews 11, and I said we'll be bouncing back between Genesis and Hebrews. Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 12. Through faith, and he mentions his wife Sarah, herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and I believe that one there is Mary, The child was born of Mary, of Sarah, pardon me, and him, referring to Abraham, her husband, as good as dead. Romans said he's a hundred years old. He's good as dead. But yet they had this baby, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, which is innumerable. My goodness, fathering a son at that age? It took a lot of faith to believe God would do this. And talks about his wife. We read about her in the Romans reference. Have you noticed there were three pretty good obstacles to Sarah's faith? Number one, she's 90 years old. You just don't hear of too many babies being born and 90-year-old women. But not with God, because all things are possible with the Lord. And not only that, she never had been able to have any babies. She was totally and completely barren. She could have no children, and yet she's going to be the mother of the promised child, Isaac. Her battle with unbelief must have been enormous. And yet the effects of her faith, when she really believed the Lord would come through on this thing, the Bible says she received strength to conceive. All things are possible with God. Her consistency of faith. She had to trust God every day for nine months when the baby would be delivered. Not just enough of conception taking place, She trusted God for nine months that God would take care of that baby. She was carrying because God had promised that he would. The foundation of her faith, she judged him faithful who promised it. And in the fruit of her faith, the posterity that followed. Now can you imagine what Abraham must have thought? when it became clear to him that God said, you're going to father a child. And he's already a hundred years old. Well, let me give you his response scripturally in the 17th chapter of Genesis, verse 15 and following. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, I will give thee a son also of her, yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. <laughs> you ready for this? Abraham fell on his face and laughed. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in all of my life. I'm a hundred years old, and God said I'm going to be father Of a child? He laughed and said... And notice he didn't say this to God aloud. He at least had that much sense. But he said it in his heart. Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old? You know, Sarah, in chapter number 18, was preparing a meal for some guests that had come down to visit Abraham one of those guests were God Almighty himself. And God is speaking to Abraham in the 18th chapter of Genesis and says to Abraham, your wife Sarah's going to have a baby. Now Sarah was inside the kitchen getting the meal ready and she heard that and she laughed, but she didn't make it public like Abraham did. I like Abraham. He wasn't a hypocrite about it. Was he? Fell on his face and said the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. He didn't believe what God said. You can't have faith without believing what God says. Amen. As long as you question it, if there be one of you today listening to this message, you put a question mark on the word of God. You are faithless, and you will die faithless. Only people who trust God and believe in the Lord and believe in his word come to know Christ as Savior. The rest will die without faith. How important that very thing is. So obstacles raised in Sarah's faith and there were also some obstacles as far as Abraham is concerned. I think it's also interesting to notice that when Abraham and Sarah found out that God was depending and looking to them and commanding them that they would be parents of Isaac. Abraham would be the daddy, and Sarah would be the mother, okay? And they got together, and I imagine their conversation went something like this. Abraham said, Sarah, that's the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. We know, We know that there must be a deeper meaning in what God said. So God wants us to kind of help him out. And you know what Sarah did? She said, well, since I can't have the promised child, and the Lord knows that, I have a handmaid, and her name is Hagar. And I want you to marry Hagar, my handmaid, my helper. You marry Hagar, and and you have a baby from Hagar. And he did. And you know what that baby's name was? Ishmael, father of the Arab nation. They wanted to help God out. And not only that, that wasn't what God had planned at all. And it's not going to materialize. So Abraham went to work on it. He said, Tell you what, Sarah, we misfired on your suggestion. You know we've got a servant in our home we've got several servants but there's one that we like more than any of the rest his name is Eliezer and I know we adopted him but why maybe God just meant that if we adopted some baby you know and they adopted Eliezer to take the place and God straightened Abraham out he said I said his name would be called Isaac that required faith You know the Arab nation, as well as the Jewish nation, benefited from this. Keturah, who's Keturah? Well, when Sarah died, Abraham got married again, and her name was Keturah. And Keturah bore him nine sons. I got to thinking about that. Now, he's a hundred years old, and he can't have one. But he marries Keturah and she has nine. Tell me how to work that out mathematically, all right? But not only that, Ishmael, who is the son of Hagar, Abraham's second wife, she had 12 sons. God said you'll be multiplied in blessing over and over and over again. And in verse number 12 and 13, these, though they never received the promise of Canaan, by faith they saw it afar off and they embraced it. Notice verse number 15 in Hebrews 11 again. We'll be back there to Genesis just a second. Verse number 15, And truly, Abraham starting out, if this had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. God's people are seeking a country, but he goes, if, 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 if they had been mindful. The thing that kept Abraham from turning back and going into Babylon from whence he came was the fact he would not let her in, he would not permit it to enter into his mind. He constantly kept this thing forward. God wants me in a different place. And therefore he left and went where God told him to go. And then you find out the third thing in which Abraham was greatly challenged, perhaps more than the other two, and that's the offering up of Isaac. And you find that in verses 17 through 19 of Hebrews 11. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, when he was tempted, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And Abraham accounted that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now you go back to Genesis and you find that recorded... For us there in Genesis chapter number 22. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt. And that word tempt does not mean a solicitation to do evil. It means trial, a trial. God did try Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said unto him, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now this is where the struggle had been going on. I'm a hundred years old. I can't be the father of a baby. Sarah is ninety years old. She can't be the mother of a baby. And now finally God demonstrates his sovereign majesty. And they're able to produce this baby. And God says, I want you to take him and sacrifice him to me. Now, if you don't think that must have been tough for Abraham. Abraham woke up early in the morning in verse 3 of chapter 22. I think that would have been a day when I would have tried to sleep in. Abraham woke up early in the morning. He was so determined to do what God said. And commanded his servants to get the provisions for such a sacrifice. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off, which was Mount Moriah. And Abraham said unto his young men. Abide ye here with the ass. And I and the lad. Will go yonder and worship. And come again to you. Now please get the reasoning here. I and the lad. Are going atop Mount Moriah. And I'm going to sacrifice him. But I want you to stay here. Because the lad and I will come back. He believed that if it came to it and he had to kill his son Isaac, God would raise him from the... Brother, that's faith. That is exercising faith. That God never makes a mistake. And whatever God does is absolutely right. It was the faith of Abraham. Faith is believing what God says and acting like it. And God was testing Abraham's faith by obedience and work. James 2.21 says, Was not Abraham justified by works when he had offered Isaac upon the altar? His faith was justified when he did something about it, not just talked about it. Abraham fully believed that Isaac would be slain, but that he also would be raised from the dead. Very quickly, and we don't take much time here and don't have too much time to spend, yet it's so important In verse number 6, Abraham took the wood. In verse 6 of chapter 22 of Genesis, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and took the knife or the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar, and there laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him, saying, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God." seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead, or in the place of his son, and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Abraham fully believed that Isaac would be slain. And he was ready to plunge that knife into the body of his son. But he also believed that if that happened, God would still raise his son from the dead. There are three types This is so important. Three types that are mentioned here. You have Isaac. Is a type of the sinner. Facing death. Isaac. As a type of the sinner. Facing death. Number two. You have the ram. That's caught. In the thicket. As a type of Christ. Being offered in the place. Of Isaac. Who was about to be slain. And again, Isaac serving a dual purpose. Isaac, a type of Christ dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. As a sinner, Isaac deserved death. Just like as you and I are sinners, we deserve death. But before that knife is plunged into us severing our life from us Christ Jesus did something he got on that cross willingly I've got the power to lay my life down I've got the power to give it up he got on that cross and he willingly and lovingly became our substitute he becomes the ram by the way how was the ram captured his Horns were caught in a thicket, and the horns of the animals speak of sovereignty and authority when deer hunters go out, they like to talk about how many horns and antlers this deer had speaking of authority, do you know that's where the Lord, if I could say this, please don't don't leave me now. <coughs> The Lord was caught by his horns, by his sovereignty. Did you know that's why they crucified him? He claimed to be God Almighty. And that's what caused the Jewish nation to turn against him because he claimed to be deity. But not only did he claim to be deity, he was deity. He was God Almighty. And only God could think and do and plan something so beautiful that Abraham would say, one day we'll see it happen. We just read it. One day we'll see this happen. And that's what happened 2,000 years ago when Christ died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. One more look at Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19 to confirm this. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. It was done in a figure, and a figure simply means a picture of, Until the real comes along. And whatever you read about. In Abraham offering up Isaac. God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. Did that son die? He most certainly did. And was buried. And for three days he was in the grave. But thank God on the first day. Of the week. He came forth victorious over the grave and over death and he'll never have to die anymore because he has completed our redemption and our salvation. This is the essence of faith. He believed God when he was told that Isaac was the promised seed through whom God would bless the posterity of Abraham. Thus, if Isaac had to die, God would have to raise him from the dead to fulfill the promise and that's exactly what He did. So, by faith. What about Abraham? Willingness. He was willing to do what God told him to do. What about Noah? He was willing to build an ark. He was a builder. What about Enoch? He walked with God for 300 years. What about Abel? He offered a more excellent sacrifice, it was a blood sacrifice. So, in closing, never minimize the importance of faith. I believe the Bible. Somebody said many years ago, and somebody picked up on it, and somebody picked up on that, and it got bigger and it bigger, and it sounded so good, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Until somebody came along and said, whether you believe it or not, you don't have to believe it if God said it, it's so. Read your Bible. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. Let's stand, please, for prayer.